I mean, I can be the greatest fucking glass blower of tiny little uh, penis and ball figurines of all time. But if no one, no matter how goddamn good, they might be anatomic with little veins, yeah. and like some have a di- decent mushroom cap, and some balls are bigger, <laughs> and some dicks are bigger. I mean, they're beautiful. They're like you're artistic. even making uncircumcised soft penis. These, exactly. Blown glass I've got penises, Jew yeah. penises. I've got non-Jew penises. I've got <laughs> Europe, black European penises. penises. I mean, the, my yeah. black yeah. glass-blown penises, micro penises, are second to fucking none. Yeah. This is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. So I've got this problem. All right. I'm not a good gift giver. Specifically. Yeah, define define that. How, how, how do you come to the conclusion that you are not? You do give gifts. I give gifts. So I would say that's the first that's step. Just, being yeah, a first better, step is just better, doing it. Yeah, right. you're better than a, a Scrooge or right. some asshole who gives no gifts. Yeah, so it's a good All start. Right. All right, good. Uh, but specifically with my wife, because I don't know how other people think of the gifts I give them. They're probably great. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping they're great. So what, 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 what is your impetus when you, I'm just, before the, you get to your wife, yeah. what is your, what, what, this is one of the things that I, I run into is I tend to, cause I think, I think I'm a pretty good gift giver for mm-hmm. the most part. I tend to buy people gifts that I would want anyway, that okay. I think things that I think are really cool or awesome uh-huh. and hope that they like them, but I don't really care cause okay. I think that's cool shit. Yeah. That works about half the time. Uh-huh. And then what I've been trained you know, with, with Alice, when uh-huh. I dated Alice and lived yeah. with Alice, she didn't like that approach. Because if it wasn't something that she already wanted, right, and, and she also insisted that she get a, a gift receipt with everything. And this is for romantic <laughs> shit. That was yeah. who she was. Oh, and I refused. That was the one thing I refused. You don't get a fucking gift receipt. Mm-hmm. Throw it away if you don't like it. But I, And I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. And that was not a great way to give gifts. But I've learned better with Dana uh, to give her. Sometimes I get her random stuff that I think is cool. And mm-hmm. sometimes she's got an Amazon gift, you know, the wish list. Yeah. And I'll yep. buy off of that because she's already put it on there. She knows mm-hmm. to put it on if she wants them. So, but I'm usually, I like, so how do you pick your gifts? I think too much about it. Ah. To start. What a shock. I, right? I know. So I, I listen. And if I hear things, I'm like, oh. I'll get that. So when we were first dating, Katie made this comment that she, like two or three times she made this just offhanded comment about how she would love to have a microphone or a, a microscope. Okay. She's like, I think it'd be cool like to, you know, pop a pimple and like look at what's underneath the microscope or like pick a booger or something. I'm like, okay, like a scab. So like three different times. I totally see where this is going. So for Christmas one year, <laughs> I, I like, I went and I looked at microscopes and I found like one that was... You know, not like a super duper microscope, but it was like a, a standard, like what you'd find like in a high school lab, right? Sure. And I got it for her, and that was like the big present for Christmas that year. And I was really excited because I'm like, she's going to love this. She's not going to expect it at all. And what a cool thing because she's mm-hmm. talked about it before. So she opens it up and I'm like, yee, Totally. She's like, Flat. what? What is, why? And so then I had to explain just like I did to you yep. right now. Yeah. Why I thought Why that was a great she's gift. Like, oh, 
Oh, okay. That thing has never been used. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. Um, <laughs> so, and then, like, there's just been other times, like, so in the last six years, like, I've done this before, and everything just kind of falls flat. <clears throat> so, for her birthday, which was, we're recording this on Thursday, her birthday was yesterday. Okay. I got her this thing. She loves popping pimples. And a lot of people like popping pimples. There's a, a release <sighs> that comes with that, right? Like yep. when you get a good one and it's all fucking, it splatters all over the mirror and it's, you know, you need a cigarette afterwards. Like it's a, a great thing. Oh, that's awful. So I was reading something, something online and I saw like one of the ads was like, or like, you know, other stories or something. It was about this new game called Pimple Pete, which is this stupid game. Oh my God. Where you yeah. pull pimples yeah. out and if you don't do it right, it's kind of like operation. If you, you know, do something wrong, it, it'll buzz. Except with Pimple Pete, it's got this plunger in the back where his nose will spray it, shoot water at you. Which oh, we played it last night. Yes, we did. So I got her this thing, and and it's. I think it's funny. I think it's fun. It's stupid. It's not an adult's birthday prize. So this is where I'm. This is what. It's we're, not what a grown yeah. person gets. That's the gag gift at the end. And I think that's what. So this morning she was like, "Oh yeah, no. it was." It, I mean, it's funny, but like, I don't know. Is it just like a gag gift, like for the party? I was like, "No, no, like we can." We can play it. <laughs> oh Jesus! Like you are bad. It's fun, funny, right? Well, it's she's like yeah, funny, but that's, like it just—it feels like it's something that you like ran out to Target and just grabbed. That's like, exactly but, what it feels like. But it wasn't that. Like yeah, I you, saw it, and I was like, oh, she would get a kick out okay. of this. All right, you are a bad gift giver. I'm the I'm the worst, and I don't know how to get around it. So I've stopped thinking so hard. And I keep a list. <laughs> like I, when I have an idea, like she mentions something, I write it down. You know, I put it in a wish list, whatever. And then I go and I. And I get it, and I keep track of all the stuff. So, like at Christmas time, I go through my gifts for Katie note, and I start buying the stuff. Uh-huh. I, but I don't know how to win. I don't know how have to. You do ever, this have you ever have you ever gotten her a gift a prize? I won't call them right, gifts. Prize, have right. you ever gotten yeah. her a prize that uh, that would you just you just nailed it? You were just super successful. Like this was be, she loved it so much, and you were so pleased that you got her the right prize, and you know you got that. No. Okay, so that's never I came happened. close. Okay, what was Here's close? Here's what it was. So when Eddie died, she had talked about like wanting to get like something for like a like a birth like his birthstone. Oh, okay. Um so and his birthstone was an emerald or is an emerald, I don't know, mm. past tense, present, I don't know, whatever. Was, he's dead. Yeah, he's yeah. dead. Doesn't have any more birthdays. Past so tense. yeah. So his birthstone was an emerald. So I went online and she's not a big jewelry person, which makes it Harder for me because, like, I can't just buy her baubles, you know, and just shit like, oh, here's a necklace she might like. She doesn't wear that stuff. So I went and I searched all the, I know all the the jewelry designers she likes, and I looked at what they have, and I found this emerald ring uh, that's just got a little birthstone, and it's little round. It looks, when I saw it, I thought, oh, it's like a little tennis ball because Eddie loves or loved his tennis balls. Yeah. So there's, like, double meaning in this stuff, right? Uh-huh. And I bought it, and I was like, this is, she's going to love this. Except in the time between when I bought it and gave it to her at Christmas, yeah. she, had, she had bought her own Eddie birthstone ring. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you nailed so, it, but she got it before, yeah. And I was so, like, I was angry with her. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, uh, not rightfully so, like, I, could, I can't no, be angry with her. you can't be her, angry because like, she got it, yeah. Fuck, like, she took that from me. Well, I, yeah. You know? And she normally wears her Eddie ring versus mine. Which of course like, she does. Uh, you know. She I, picked it. Yeah. Yeah. She really likes 
the Eddie ring I got her. But she wears but the she one wears she picked hers. because she likes yeah. it better because that's why she picked it. I, I, like, I don't, even when I do it right, okay. I, it's, I miss. I always... here, here, here's the thing. I'm going to just, you know. Oh, real quick, another no. bad, bad gift that I got. So oh, years God. ago, um, my grandmother, Nani, she had a, a, an address book that was like falling apart. All the leaves, were, you know, the pages were coming out. And so I bought her a new address book. Which is nice. Like, here's something that you yeah. need. It's easier to go through. You, there's not shit falling out of it. Yeah. And you can update it because, you know, 30% of the people in there are dead, you know? Yeah. Or have moved or, you know, whatever. Except I didn't think that she's now going to have to write all the new names in there. Uh-huh. I, like, I just, I'm not okay. good. Let me, and I will <laughs> tell you that, 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 that you know, I've, I've failed. I have failed. I have nailed it, but I have failed. Um, I'll give you an example of a fail. But... Well, unless she listens to this podcast, she won't know that this even exists. Because this really, oh, so bummed out. Is it Dana? You just reminded me of the address book. Because Dana keeps her calendar. She doesn't keep a calendar online. She doesn't keep it on her phone. She keeps a handwritten paper calendar in her her book book calendar. And uh, and I realized that I wanted, wanted, you know, her calendar was almost gone. Mm -hmm. It was almost dead. So I went and I bought a really nice blank, like Moleskine. It wasn't a Moleskine, but it was, no, it was actually, it was a Moleskine. It was a Moleskine. It was blank. And I went through and I dated every day. Oh my God. And every page, every page had two dates because that's about. So it wasn't a Moleskine calendar. It was a Moleskine. It was a Moleskine, a blank Moleskine. And I hand wrote an entire year's worth of dates. Okay. Did you put the holidays in there? I put the holidays in when there. When daylight saving I starts and all that. Yeah, yeah. I, put, okay. I, I mean, I put all of that stuff in there. Yeah. I put our, our like significant moments. Okay. And then in between days, I would write notes, love notes, and yeah. poems and quotes, you know. And so I was creating. So I created this whole thing. That's really sweet. And then, as we were getting closer to Christmas, uh-huh. um, she said something, and it was she. She said. It was sort of dismissive the way she said. But again, she didn't know I'd done this. But yeah. I mean, I spent hours. I yeah. mean, we're talking like four or five days, sure. like really painstakingly finding the right quotes for the uh-huh. right month and like all this kind of stuff and writing it by hand, which I don't do very much. And then she was just like, she was like, oh, by the way, I, I don't even remember what she said, but it was just sort of like, yeah, my calendar is my calendar. I got to get a new calendar. And by the way, don't get me a fucking calendar. Yeah. I, like to do, I like to do my own fucking calendars. Okay. And so I threw the one I made away <laughs> because that was exactly what yeah. she didn't want despite. And, and yes, and that was part of me as I was, I was mad at her for a little bit, like a split second. Yeah. And I realized the thing about it is she didn't know I put that much energy into it. Right. She didn't know that I'd created this, that this, this thought that counts thing. Right. She didn't know. So while it was a fail, it wasn't an open fail. I ended up getting her something she, she liked. That was fine. Here's the thing. Don't listen to her. Watch her. Okay. So you're listening to what she says. Well, I watch too. Yeah. It, don't mean, worry I, about what she says. We say shit all the time. We don't really mean. Yeah. Watch what she does and what she needs and what she uses. The best thing I've noticed is watch her trends of things she's into. Uh-huh. Don't get her those things, but get her things that might help. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I and I like I go back to it is is the Amazon wish list. Yeah. 
Tell her. I need to pay more attention. Tell to her, her to get a list. fucking. Get, she's, she's got one. Yeah. Well, then fucking. That, then you got it easy. I know. Because yeah. then there's. That's the thing. Is then you think you think you think. Can I figure something out? No, I'm just gonna get. I'm gonna just go get, easy yeah. route and get her something she's already said I that she wants, mm-hmm. and then done. She wants. And if it's it. on the wish list. She hasn't bought it yet. Right. That's well. That's you have to Hopefully. make. Well, you have to talk to her about it. Okay. I mean, the thing is, this can't be a secret. You know, you can't. Yeah. You can't win with a secret on that. Yeah. You go to her and say. If you already have it, you have to get it, get rid of it for your wish list, or you might get a second one, yeah. and then it's on your fucking ass. Yeah. Then it's on you yeah. that you got two. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to hear your shit. If yeah. I get you something on your wish list and you already bought it, well, that's bad on your ass, yeah. and you return your yeah. shit because I'm not. You know, be very clear. I want to try to be a better gift giver because that's the thing. Is ninety percent of it is just making sure that you let her know you want to get her yeah. prizes that she likes. Yeah. And I also, I mean, it wasn't just the stupid Pimple Pete thing. No, no. I think is, I still think it's funny. It's horrifying. I still think it's fun. But it's one thing, it's something you'll play once and never take out of the box. Well, I can't put it back in the box because Because (laughs) the way that it connects. Well, well, I'm saying you'll never play it again. We're going to play it again. Every time we have people over, I'm putting that fucking thing out. Every time. Whether it gets played or not, it's coming out. She's she's really going to eventually hate that. And then that gift becomes a point of contention in your marriage. And ten years from add now, it, add it to that. Ten years list. from now, when she gets custody of Prince Harry, and you have to only see him on the weekends, you can blame it on that fucking pimple game. Well, when I see him on the weekends, we're gonna play. You're that gonna fucking play that game. fucking pimple game. <laughs> Planning a vacation mm-hmm. is often more fun than actually being right. on the vacation because of this the anticipation. Set, this anticipation, the, which is a set of expectations. Mm-hmm. So, I guess the question that I've got is: is is it better? Is it better to expect grand things and then fail about half the time, be disappointed, or expect nothing and always be surprised? But it, that, I guess that what you just described seems a little cynical to me. I mean, it is, because I'm kind of a cynical dude. Okay. And I have been since I was 13 years old. This is, you know. But I think it also depends on what the the item or the issue or the event or whatever it is, you know, that it's not, it's not a hard and fast rule, right? Like you don't, don't get all the expectations. Well, the the reality is that we can't as human beings, we can't just eliminate all expectation because that's just not, we would, we just, we'd sit on a fucking couch and do nothing because I think that that's part of it. Like there's, I've got actor friends that, and not a lot of them, because I can't be friends with, with too actors. many of these people. Well, not because actors just, are fucking assholes. With too many of these type of people. Yes, but, like people that read The Secret. Oh fuck you! And then they sit. Anybody, back. anybody that reads The Secret and has anything like re- even close to like, oh, have you read The Secret? I want to. I want. They deserve in the throat punch you like in the just like throat. like yeah. like the side of your hand. Yeah. Right into the Adam's apple, yep. so they die. Like it's a quick death. It's a quick death. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of painless, and it's yeah. clean. It's very clean. No, no blood, blood to clean up. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. all I'm saying. They're the worst. But the yeah, secret like these, people are the fucking. I've got worst. this one particular friend who she read the secret, and she Ugh. would go on what she would call creative walks. Where she what? Would, yeah, where she would just go walking, and that was, and she would think about, you know. Well, Dana does that, but she doesn't have the. The pretense to call it a creative. Well, walk. and that's she just says I'm it. going outside to get some fucking sun. Right. You but know. It's here's like, the thing: like, go in your creative walks. <laughs> call them creative walks all you want, yeah. but then come home and do the fucking work. Mm-hmm. 
you know, find the agent. And I know it's not, you don't just go and get an agent. I know it's harder than that, but do the work too. So if you want to read the secret, believe all that shit that if you put, put the energy out there into the universe, it'll come to you. There's yeah. a degree, I believe part of that is true. Like if I sat here and was like, well, I don't know why we're doing this podcast. No one's going to listen. Like, what the fuck? Why are we doing this then? Because it's fun and it well, creates right. something in the world. That's but we the thing. also have to. I don't. I don't have. This is the thing. Because I, I, I actually agree. With, I, I agree with you to a point, um, and the point where we diverge in our agreement. Because I agree. Put in the work. Yeah. At, fucking put the work in. Don't hope that. Don't don't just don't wish just for a thousand. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. get discovered. You put like, the work in. hey, you're my waitress. Yeah. You should be in the films. Yeah, that doesn't work, and it would never work then. That was no. a myth that they sold because right. it made everybody feel suddenly like they could be a part of it. Yeah. You know? Um, it's Stalin and the chicken. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, but, but where, where I diverge is what are you going to put your energy, what work are you going to put your energy into? Yeah. And there is a school of thought, and I think you, I actually think you ride the fence. It's an uneasy sort of uh, Skywalker, good side, dark mm-hmm. side, you know, light side, dark side of the force. I'm definitely on on the light side of this force is the dark side being you have to play by the rules. You have to do it the way everybody else has done it. You have to get an agent. You have to get this. You have to go along. You have to wait for somebody to pick you. You have to audition and hope that. And I'm definitely on the side of disrupt do it your own way. Yeah. Why do I, and maybe you do the podcast because I'm part, it's about having a lot of people listen to it eventually and that there, there is a way to do it. I just want to do a really good podcast because I like doing it and it's creating something in the world that didn't exist before. But here's the problem and with since, that. Since I this haven't is not had, a good podcast. Would I like us to make money doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is it possible? Absolutely. Okay, so how to do that? And, and it really goes to the heart of it is just keep creating excellent stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you're creating excellent stuff, at some point, people will notice will that you're creating fire. excellent stuff. And yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know if it catches fire because it's not about becoming the next Huffington Post. Well, no. And, and this but. podcast is not about becoming the next Smodcast. Right. It is getting enough. Getting enough people to listen mm-hmm. would be nice. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what I like is that you and I get together for a couple hours every week. We yeah. drink beers and we sit and fucking talk about shit. What do you think it is? And then I get to listen back to it and laugh. Yeah. Or, or be very fascinated by our witty repartee. Or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> or think, what? Aren't we great? Or, wow, I am so incredibly full of shit. Let me make sure <laughs> I really highlight that in the right, edit. Right. Um, but I like that the process of editing yes. it is fun for me. Yeah. So ultimately, as an artist, this is it's silly as it sounds. This is an artistic thing, and it's not like we're recording this now, and people are listening to this on Sunday before before today before mm-hmm. Sunday that where this release, this didn't exist. Right. And now it does. Now it does. Yeah. And I think there's something uh, you know it's better than fucking plastic. Yeah. It's better than creating a fucking another plastic bottle or, yep. uh, you know, packaging for a fucking soybean packet. Well, and going against the grain, like doing the, something different. I mean, that's where this whole thing started, really. Yeah, like exactly. you had, you know, you had, had started literally because you got rid of Angry White Guy in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And at like the same time, I was writing you a like going, fucking manifesto, like yeah. a novella of, dude, 
I need, we need to do something. Like, I'm, I don't like journalism. I don't yeah. like the literary scene. Like, let's do something that's different. That is, we do it ourselves. But we're both writers. Yeah. Yeah. And we do it on our terms mm-hmm. and we create something, try to create something at least that's not out there already. We're not just, you know, copying Huffington Post or we're yeah. not recreating, we're not just copying the Paris Review or whatever, yeah. you know, you want to put in well, there. Well, it's like I say, we're like Harper's Bazaar for degenerates. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. I, and I like that in the fact that we... And I think we're getting better at that. I think, and I think the, the, the digital magazine is is getting better and better and better. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's clean. Um, you know, we're, we're catching more, maybe not all yeah. of the typos and the formatting, but we're catching more of it. Yeah. Um, we're more consistent. I like it. Ultimately, yeah. what it boils down to is, I guess that's that's where expectation comes in. Yeah. My expectation for Littered Ape is, do I like it? Mm-hmm. My expectation for this podcast is, am I interested? Mm-hmm. And I understand that that might be a little, that might be considered a little more self-involved than is necessary for for more a more egalitarian or more popular thing. Yeah. But the reality is, my expectation is that, and I've written about this. There are two kinds of people. Both people bake a cake. One person, person A, mm-hmm. bakes a cake. It's only, according to that person, a good cake if seven other people think, wow, this is a good cake, and tells that person to their face, God damn, done, good cake, man. Yeah. And then it's a good cake. Yeah. And I know plenty of those people. They're, they're, they, are, they are held hostage by the whim of other people. Their expectation is that the thing they have done is not good unless a lot of people enjoy that thing. Right. And then there's me. And I bake a cake. And I hope other people like it. But really my goal is do I like it? With mm-hmm. the assumption that there are enough people that like the same things that I like yeah. that they will like it too. But if nobody else likes my cake and I like my cake, good. You're fuck gonna you. keep I get, the cake. Well, I get, get more fucking cake. cake. Right. I get more yeah. fucking cake. So far out. I'm happy with yeah. that. And so when I look at Literate Ape, do I want people to read it? Absolutely. Do I expect people to read it? Yeah. Yeah. But mostly because I think I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's why at the end of this podcast, we talk about six things that we're doing. We don't recommend shit that we think is stupid. No. We don't recommend things that we think are crap. We recommend things that, that we, we are doing, that we like. Have done and yeah. think are worthy of other people's time. Right. And all we, all I hope, all I expect is that people that do the same thing yeah. will say at some point on somebody else's six things list, somebody will say, "Listen to the Ape Cast." And part or of this, read literate ape. Part of this sounds it, it, it leans towards sounding like um, the self-serving, like it's it's the Don Hall, David Himmel show, and this is all about them, and they don't well, care what other people think. And there's a degree of that, but there's also the the larger. Um, idea of giving it for the masses and creating something for the, the people. Um, you know, the the whole do what you love and the money will come thing. Yeah, you know, whatever, yeah, well, whatever that is. No, and the thing I, of, see, my problem with that is do what you love, period. You don't need to worry well, about yeah. the money. The thing about it is, oh, and the money will come. Fuck you. That's not how it's going to work. The money doesn't come because you're doing what you love. The money comes because what you do is excellent and what you do is needed and what you do is wanted by someone. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's a whole lot of... So well, that's just do it. what you is love and the you... money will come. No, the money will come if what you do... I mean, I could be the greatest fucking glass blower of tiny little uh, penis and ball figurines of all time. But if no one, 
No matter how goddamn good, they might be anatomic with little veins. Yeah. And like some have a di- decent mushroom cap and some balls are bigger <laughs> and some dicks are bigger. I mean, they're beautiful. They're like, you're artistic. even making uncircumcised soft penis. These, exactly. Blown glass I've got penises, Jew yeah. penises. I've got non Jew penises. I've got <laughs> Europe, black European penises. penises. I mean, the, my yeah. black yeah. glass blown penises, micro penises are second to fucking none. Yeah. And if no one wants a glass blown penis and balls, then I'm doing what I love and I will never make money. November 12th at 7 p.m. at Haymarket Pub and Brewery, 737 West Randolph. It is $20. It is called Books and Booze, an evening at the Drinking and Writing Theater. You're debuting your book. Mm-hmm. We've got me. We've got Dana German. We've got Elizabeth Harper. We've got Paul Teoto. We've got J.L. Thurston, all going to have their books available. Right. And for each book, there is a drink that has been paired with the book. So your $20 gets you $20 gets you. A uh, flight of drinks, some whiskey. You're, so is it five, six? Five people? Six. Six, people. Six, yep. six, six drinks, yep. six books. You'll get to hear about the history of the cocktail or, or, or drink that you're drinking, and then you'll get to hear an excerpt of the book. Well, and also why the cocktail yeah, is relevant pairs. to yeah, that exactly. book why or it that story. To that. Or whatever, and then, yeah. you'll hear, then you'll hear an excerpt from the book by somebody other than the author. And then uh, hang out, drink. And if you buy a ticket, then you get an opportunity to buy a signed book for 50% off. So that's, yeah. that's, and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be Which, a lot of fun. So. Like going back to the where you and I disagree on things, I would never sell my book for 50% off. I need to make money on that thing. I understand, but they're and paying. They're paying. This is your gift to literate. I know. I'm That's just, how that I'm shit just, works. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm happy to. I just no, you're not happy there. about it. I can see it it's on your face. It's fine. You know, but Whatever. you know, guess what? The thing about it is that there's got to be a perk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And no, one of fine. the perks of participation with your cash is that you get a drink. And you get an opportunity. They don't have to buy your book for 50%. I'm going to bring my other book, too, and sell that at full price, though, just in case. All right. I'm not going to argue okay? with that's you. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'll do it on the sly. The, no, you do it right there in front of everybody. <laughs> that's the, How do you sell a book on the sly? You walk up and, hey, 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 are you drunk enough? I've got a, a long trench coat. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, I, got the, I got the camp book right here. Hey, my book hey. about Jews at summer camp. Yeah, oh, yeah. Come yeah. on. It's right here. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't think that's how it works. So hey, why, do you, why, do you, why do you self-publish a book? So, because the camp book was the camp book was published. That was, was published. That was not by, self-published. So yeah. why? Why? I'm curious if you've already been published. But yeah. who is who published that? The History Press. Okay, the History Press. Why were why why did they not publish the DJ book? Because it's not a history book. So the History Press is pretty specific. They, okay, they're now like joined with Arcadia Publishing. Mm. So if you see those books that are like you know, uh, Marshall Fields or State Street or like they're really specific. Books on history, like yeah. you know, unique to the, the so, regional. So the camp and, book fit that that rubric. Yeah, and okay. the way that that came about was uh, I had written an essay for Camping Magazine about going back to the camp for the seventy fifth reunion. I just wrote this thing like, "Can you go home again?" Whatever. And a special editor for History Press found it, and then contacted me through my website saying, okay. "Would you like to write a book on this?" I thought it was a joke. I thought somebody yeah, was yeah. fucking with me because like this isn't how books. So this get was published. kind of a commission. Yeah, I mean, it's, okay, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. it's been a while, but I still get checks from yeah. the History Press when, you know, it reaches a certain limit. So, the, so the, in check. terms of that whole publishing, like, getting picked, so the fact that you had the History Press publish your book, that yeah. didn't give you a leg up to get somebody else to publish the DJ book? Um, or did you just say, well, I, fuck it, I don't want to go that route, I'd rather sell no, it was No, it was a name. combination of both. Like, I thought that, you know, the hardest part about getting published is getting published. Yeah. You know? And once you do, then you can, then you prove that you are viable 
for the publishers. Like, oh, this person has already written a book and sold it and yeah. marketed it. And, you know, there's, there's proof in that pudding. Yeah. So that helped. The reason that I am not sitting on The Last DJ, yeah. shopping for an agent, shopping for a publisher, <sighs> shopping for an editor, all that shit, is because I tried that with another book. Okay. And I spent, you know, a year or two, whatever, and I'm just like, this is like, and it is, like, it's hit or miss. It's dumb fucking luck. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of rejection. And I'm fine with all of that. Yeah. Except that now. I'm not actually fine with a lot of it. You I don't understand. have to do that. Yeah, it's not necessary. You, so I approached, I, I changed my approach to it, and I started thinking about publishing books the way that bands make records. Yeah. And I'm just going to make, this is not unique. It's an imperfect it's not exact, analogy, but, but it'll work. You too. Okay, one of the world's biggest bands. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite. They got a few good songs. Yeah, yeah, Bono, good. The Edge kind of annoy me because their names are stupid. No, I kind of like them, but that's I want me. The Edge to take his fucking hat off. I don't. I think see, it's funny that The Edge fell off the edge of the stage and broke his foot. A see, that's years ago. actually that very funny. funny. Okay, so we're on the um, same Anyway, but so right. U2, right? Like, U2 didn't just sit around and, like, wait for Columbia Records Mm-mm. to come call. Like, hey, are, are you guys practicing for making a record we'd like to sign that's not how it happened that's not how it happened for them yeah a lot of bands they scrounge the money together they get 300 bucks they get two hours at a studio and they and they bang out an EP they self-publish and then they book shows and they sell that EP and then they do it again and they get more money Chance the Rapper released his first thing on fucking SoundCloud and now is a multimillionaire and he's given a lot of it to charity which you gotta respect so it's this DIY approach I mean that's what punk rock was that's what this whole thing is this is what the internet is available and that's what the internet has done now I talked to Henry Rollins when I interviewed him at the Metro and after and before the interview we were talking and uh, and backstage and we talked a lot about his sort of uh, I, I will ca- I will call it in deference to to Henry his fetishization for coffee he is a big yeah. he's got yeah. a freak on for coffee however one of the things that I asked him and this was like I said before we went I said you know, dude I said. Uh, you started your own press because he, he basically started his own press. Once he started doing spoken word, he read, oh, fuck, there's money in this. Yeah. So he started his own printing, his own press company. Yeah. So he publishes his own books. And he's written a lot of books. And yeah. I actually think he's a great writer. I, I love reading him. He's got a good mind. Yeah. He's, he's just I got like a, the thing about it, like he's, he's got a really good, he's yeah. just got a good mind and he's interesting and he looks at the world a very specific way. And I and I and I just enjoy him. But I said, Black Flag I said, is a good band. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you know, so. I, Rollins Band is a good yeah. band. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I asked him. I said, I said, so if there was an Amazon Kindle, if the, the possibility of just self-publishing and not spending any money and having it out there had been available when you were nineteen, and he went, fuck yeah, of yeah. course I would. Of course I would. You know, he said, you know how much money I've lost publishing books, mm-hmm. even the successful ones don't make that much money. Right. He said, if I'd have had a way, I said, so why don't you do that now? He goes, because I already uh, I already have a thing. Yeah. Why would I do that now? Right. But it, it made me think, yeah, if, if you he know. He did it the same thing that yeah. that it is now. Just He just did it the it hard happened. way. Yeah, he did because it, he it didn't knows. exist yet. Yeah. The internet and, wasn't and, there for him. But the internet has created sort of this egalitarianism yeah. that says if you want to publish, and it's not a vanity press, it's because a vanity press is, I'm going to pay this money yeah. so that I can put a book out. Yeah. And we know those people. There's, there's lot, nothing wrong with that. They run, there's a lot of, when Katie and I were down in Hammond, uh, Illinois, with her, with her family, there was, they've got satellite TV, and there was a, uh, a commercial that kept running, I don't remember what we were watching, but there was a commercial that kept running, you know, in every commercial break that was, you have a book that needs to be published? Yeah. Call that, and it's like, and it's a fucking racket. It's totally a racket because all they do is that you pay them. I don't know how much it is, and they publish it, and they, 
There's no distribution. There's, there's no, no distribution, marketing. None of it. Yeah. So, so but yeah, you get your book printed. What? Fucking go to Kinko's and get your book. Yeah, yeah. You just want to. And that's the thing is, is what I can do is like okay. So with belief is a sledgehammer. Uh -huh. It's like okay, and you know I had plenty of editing going on. Had you read it, had Danny read it, had Joe read it. Everybody was like editing and just cutting stuff out. And I was like, this is how I wanted it done. Yeah. Put the whole thing together, did some proofreading, a couple of proofreading, did a couple of proofs through Amazon, and then released it. Yeah. And it's available on Kindle. Mm -hmm. It's available in paperback. I paid no money, unless I want author copies, I pay no money for those books to be out there. Right. And so, yeah, do I, do I not have Hooten Mifflin or whatever, yeah. like fucking promoting it? No. I don't. Right. But it's still a book. It's up to me to sell the book. Mm -hmm. And okay, I'm fine with that. I like the book. You know, I mean, and, yeah. and, and you know, it's, it's a it, good book. It's an interesting. And it's, read, and yeah. it's about it's about getting people to review it on Amazon and that kind of stuff. So I, I'm, you know, I'm kind of hounding people for that. But the thing about it is, if it's good and you like it and you're happy with it, then you do that kind of work. Yeah. And the thing is, you can put this shit out there. And if it gets enough, uh, I was going to say if it gets enough likes, but if it gets enough reads, if people, if enough people buy it, it can get the attention of a Houghton Mifflin. Yeah, well, and that's, that's the thing. Or an agent, maybe maybe then know? they call you and they because say, "We'd like you to publish." The thing about it is, and that's one of the questions that I've run is like, okay, so so I get belief. What what if and I promote it and I bust my ass to get everybody to buy this book, and and somebody one person, you know, Taylor Swift. Yep reads Believe is a Sledgehammer, and she puts it out to her million followers. Done. God damn, this is a great book. Well, all of a sudden, I'm a bestseller. Problem is that everyone will be busy reading your book, and they won't be registering to vote, so Which, we're fucked. No, I'm actually fine with that. You're fine. Fuck the country. Well, Just buy my book. Yeah. But, because I am capitalist. Yeah. Not really. No, I do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, you know, that but, can happen. But then the, then the question becomes, so... If then then maybe uh, you know Random House comes and says or Penguin they say, "Wow, you're a bestseller. We know you can. We know we can sell your book." Right, because it's already sold, and that's kind yeah. of th when I was. That's the game. It's when the, I was yeah. shopping um, one of my other books. Actually, a decade ago now, I was working with a guy on a book idea he had. And I was just his writer, and I was shopping for agents and publishers and things. And the questions they had in the book pitch were like. How many followers do you have on Twitter? How many? Oh yeah, that's so a big yeah. That's a social media thing is big deal. Like, yeah, which I fail there because I don't do a lot with Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they want to like you. They want you to do the work for them. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. All right, so my first thing is a listen. Okay. Uh, it's listen to this band called Camp Cope. Um, I so last week Katie was like most women, I think. Reasonable women were pissed in you know the last two weeks about what? Apart. Uh, there's this whole Supreme Court justice <laughs> ah, thing. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, so Katie, we were playing with <laughs> Harry in his room, and she had her Spotify playlist on, and it was like you know girls that rock or something like that. But I was listening to it, and I didn't know that that's what it was. But I hear this band. I go, "Who is this?" She's like, "I don't know. It's on this playlist." So I look at it. And I'm like, "Camp Cope." Okay, I need to check them out. This band. It's a tr not that this matters, but it's a uh, all girl band okay. from uh, Melbourne, Australia. And it's, it's like, um, fuck it. It's, I don't want to give like a review of it. They're great. They're you great. You love them it's and really, you recommend and I them. I just got totally sucked so in. So what's the name of the band? Camp Cope. Camp Cope with CC? Yes. Yeah, C-A-M-P, new word, C-O-P. Okay, all yeah. right. Really great band. Really right. great band. Outstanding. Yeah. My first in the same vein of the last two weeks is a watch. 
Um, and I understand that David Mamet has now become sort of a a Republican shill. How dare you say his name? But I'm going to no. recommend, because I watched it recently, um, Oleana. Okay. Uh, directed, written direct, directed by David Mamet, starring William H. Macy and Deborah Eisenstadt. It was released in 1994, but we are still having that exact conversation. And the thing I, that I remember about Oleana early and watching it again is it's, it's, it's ambiguous enough that it depends on who you are and the time frame. Because anybody watching Oleana today mm-hmm. is automatically going to say he's the bad guy. Yeah. Because that's how, that's, you may or may not like David Mamet. The guy's a fucking brilliant writer. He is. And Oleana is a brilliant piece because he positions the two sides of the powerful white man professor mm-hmm. and the student female and puts them in a situation and enough things are ambiguous about intent and what is said and what is done that it, and I remember in 1994 having arguments with people that were like, no, can't you see he was totally taking advantage of her? And people saying, and, and other people, reasonable people going, no, no, no. She was trying to fuck him over by gaming the system, which is exactly mm-hmm. the conversation we had about yeah. the Kavanaugh hearings. Interesting. Exactly the same conversation done in this. Uh, so I highly itself, recommend man. watch yeah. Oleana and then have a conversation about it. My next thing is a read. Uh, it's it's an article from uh, New York Magazine's uh, Intelli- in, Intelligencer. In, Intelligencer? I don't know how to properly Intelligencer say it. Intelligencer sounds yeah. as good as anything. Um, uh, it's written by uh, Jonathan Chait. Uh, Two cheers for socialism. Why liberals need enemies on the left. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it just I think it just came out today. Um, but it talks about modern socialism. Uh, and not like the Marx or Lenin socialism, but more Bernie um, but it's that, that liberalism is more like the, my biggest takeaway, and this wasn't surprising to me, but it's just interesting how he puts it, that liberalism is more center than left and that we've like corrupted yeah, and totally warped is, yeah. the term liberalism, that being a liberal is like an extreme lefty and that that's not the case. Uh, and it even brings like, even like conservatism, conservative, conservatism, uh, is more center than the extreme right. So oh, it, yeah. it puts some things in perspective. It's an interesting read. It's 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 a little long, but it's 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 definitely worth it. Right, I did, yeah, I've got it on my phone right yeah. now. That's great. All yeah. right. Well, my my second one is also a read. Um, it is in longreads.com. It is an excerpt um, by Maxwell King. It's an excerpt adapted from The Good Neighbor, The Life and Works of Fred Rogers. It is called Mr. Rogers versus the Superheroes. Oh, okay. And it is a whole section of that book where Mr. Rogers decided that it was not healthy for children to identify too strongly with fictional characters that could do things that were not possible. Mm-hmm. That that, we were talking about expect, expectations earlier, yeah. that that set up an expectation. I'm gonna, I just want to read a quote because I, I really like this article quite a bit. It's a long read. Well, it's long reads. So it's a long read. It took about 20 minutes to read. When Mr. Quote, when Mr. Rogers and Mr. McFeely go to the set of The Incredible Hulk, they get to interview Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno about their roles, pretending to be characters and about their real lives. Rogers and McFeely want to illustrate how different these actors are from the characters they pretend to be. 
Mr. Rogers manages quietly and gently to show viewers the behind-the-scenes creation of the Hulk based on the comic book story by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby about a widowed physician and scientist, Dr. Banner, who turns into the Hulk when he gets angry. And his whole point, and it, it, it's like a whole agenda, mm-hmm. because if you follow his career, there was a period where there was no Mr. Rogers. It was like a five-year period where it was off the air, and then he revived it. Oh, I didn't know that. And the revival was part of, like, this was part of it, was him wanting to, like, really address how media was affecting children. Mm -hmm. And one of his big things was that superheroes aren't real, and kids can't do these things. And for them to truly like look up to mm-hmm. like a Captain America who can do things that these kids will never be able to do, that that was damaging. It was his belief. Okay. And so this, it's a really good article. I just highly okay. recommend it. All right. Yeah. Mr. Rogers versus his hero, superheroes, Maxwell King on longreads.com. So my last thing is a do it's uh, go to uh, Don Hall's uh, glass blown penis Etsy shop. Nice, yes. Buy his glass blown penis. Buy my glass blown um, penises because they're the best. And then, you know. Some serious good looking dicks. I don't want to be the darger of and my And good looking weird ugly dicks, too. Like, that's the beauty oh, of it. Oh, well, it's because they're, they're accurate. Yeah. dicks are kind of ugly. It's dicks dick are humanity. awful. Yeah. Uh, but the when you're done with that. Yeah. Uh, so my, my last thing, part A, uh, is go to an orchard. This fall, I think that's a great or a orchard or pumpkin catch because those are similar but different. Uh, pumpkin I patches guess, seem a little more commercially. Yeah, I would sound. say an orchard because orchards are more like their family farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they they often have pumpkin patches. Yeah, but, but mo- they've also mostly got apple trees and they've they got, got all this other shit. And, yeah. yeah, support local business. Shit as they smells say, good, small, man. Yeah. Shit smells Shit good. smells great. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that will change your belief. It will change your belief on climate change. Yeah. Just hanging out among a bunch of fucking apple trees. Yeah. You'll go, oh, we're fucking this up? Yeah. We're dicks. Mm-hmm. We're total dicks. Yeah. Katie and I do this for her birthday every year. That's great. Uh, and it's and there's so many, like, just yeah, around, yeah. The, you know, pick any of them. But it's, gotta, it's a fun thing to do. Go up to yeah. Traverse City, Michigan. Yeah. They got a, they yep. got orchards out the wazoo yeah, up there. Yeah, they can't keep them on the line. They got a lot tonight. of orchards. Yeah. All right. And my third thing is um, I want you to listen to, I'm a big fan and a longtime fan of Seth Godin. <laughs> and if you don't know Seth Godin, he is a marketer, a marketing expert who believes that everybody is a marketer and he kind of, and you know, and he, and he has a podcast. It's been out for a while, about six months um, called Akimbo, A-K-I-M-B-O, which mm-hmm. is actually the definition of the, the corner on uh, a bow and arrow, mm-hmm. that sort of curve yeah. that adds strength. Um, it's a pretty, it's, but it's called Akimbo, okay. a podcast by Seth Godin. You can find it on Apple podcasts. Um, his perspective on, commerce, the world, it's like a self-help book. It's like a self-help podcast mm-hmm. without really positioning itself with self-help. It's about how to embrace um, possibility. Okay. And uh, and specifically, I want, and you know, we were talking about self-publishing, I want people to listen to the October 10th episode. He doesn't number them. Okay. It's entitled You're It. And it is all about... Um, deciding rather than to wait or audition or try to be picked by a a publisher Mm -hmm. or an agent, picking yourself. And exactly what we're talking about is 
putting your shit out there and then doing it again and then doing it again. This is a guy who's made a multi-million dollar career out of self-publishing books and podcasts. And yeah, I highly recommend Akimbo, a podcast by Seth Godin. It's not a long podcast. He answers questions from readers and listeners. Okay. And uh, he's got a really nice soothing tone. But the guy just knows shit. His perspective on the world... Mm-hmm is incredibly uh, inspirational and refreshing. Okay. There you go. There you go. Come to Books and Booze. you got to go on to Eventbrite and buy a ticket. Yep. Come to, uh, what? Bug House. Bug House. November 5th. November 5th. David Himmel will be hosting for the first time. And we said this before, it'll be 30 minutes shorter. Yeah, it's totally going to be shorter and probably much more interesting. Uh, We'll see. You know, I'll it'll edit. be fun. I'm going to edit, I'm gonna edit, edit the more, podcast yeah. so you sound like a fucking douche. So that everybody will know. You would I get much, that anyway. I much like. I much better. I much better like. Yeah. I much better like the Don yeah. Hall podcast. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! You with your day old shoes. Yeah, that's me. My day old shoes. Thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends about it, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com/podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. 